Yo, Albert Tate Podcast Season 1 and a half. It's the remix season. It was time for me to fire myself. Nobody understands what I've had to endure to get and achieve what I've done. Don't feel embarrassed about your call. I feel like we're at this threshold of opportunity. Hey, Albert Tate Podcast family. Yo, listen, it's so good to be back. We're navigating through the summer months, getting it, getting it in. This is the remix of season one. Season one, if you were with us, if, first of all, if you hadn't checked it out, go back and check it out. Listen, uh, especially the Danielle Strickland episode. It, it's an episode where we talk about hope. Absolutely phenomenal. But what I'm doing in season one and a half, we calling it the remix, season one remix. It's the remix. Uh, uh, uh. Gotta give me some good theme remix music. Puff Daddy, I'm the king of the remix. We are kind of taking those conversations and I'm just reflecting on them um, and kind of giving my takeaway of some comments and thoughts and bringing some new insight to some of those moments. So thanks for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Let's start a conversation about hope. Um, Danielle Strickland, first of all, you just need to understand, the woman is a force. To sit with her and to listen to her talk, she almost moved me to tears. Like, I was ready to, sh I didn't know whether to shout, but I was like, this black church shout may scare Danielle Strickland because she's from the Salvation Army. I think we get down different ways uh, theologically with expression. But yeah, I want to shout. I want to speak in tongues and cuss all at the same time because it was just that freaking good. She encouraged me. Um, she, she just flat out encouraged me. So today, if you're looking for some encouragement, you tuned into the right spot. Ray Johnson, a pastor friend of mine, tells a story of his daughter who had a school project and she was to survey a pastor. So her dad's a pastor, so he talks about them hanging out in the backyard and she just pulls out and she's just asking him questions. Uh, and the last question on the list for Pastor Ray Johnson, my daughter, uh, was this. Um, what's the most important thing that a pastor does? What is the most important thing that a pastor does? And Ray said something and it's shaped me significantly, and I hope it encourages you. He says, the greatest thing that a pastor can do, the most important thing that he needs to do, or she needs to do, is to stay encouraged. Stay encouraged, that's, that's your most important job. Because listen, if you can't stay encouraged, you can't do anything well for long. So, and I think it goes beyond a pastor. I think you're a mom out there listening, you're a dad, uh, you're in a board meeting, you're in a boardroom, in a classroom, in the living room. Regardless of where you are, I'm convinced Ray's advice is true for all of us. The most important thing, your number one job is to stay encouraged. Because if you're not encouraged, there's no way you're gonna serve those kids well. There's no way you're gonna serve your clients well. There's no way you're gonna serve your mom or dad well. There's no way you're gonna serve or show up anywhere well. You know, There's no way you're gonna finish school well. There's no way. If you have a bad attitude, it trumps everything. It, it's toxic. It shows up in your work. It shows up in your attitude. It shows up in your communication. It shows up in your relationships. It shows up in your responses. No one likes to hang out with you because you got a bad attitude because you got to go to school. Problem is, you're a freshman. You've got four more years to go. That's a long time to have a bad attitude. Stay in 
Courage. You can get through the hardest thing. You can go through the hardest seasons. You can navigate the most difficult times if you stay in courage. You can finish the class, the summer session that you had to take because the spring session didn't go that great. Uh, the job, you're having to work double overtime. You, it's, it's a season. You can get through it if you stay in courage. But if you don't stay in courage, that's a good chance you're not going to make it. Because people have quit what you're trying to do. People have walked away from what you're trying to walk into. So don't assume the end is inevitable. There are people who have quit right where you are. There are people who have walked away from a marriage just right where you are. There are people who have just checked out on their kids right in the season you're in. There are people who have just walked away from jobs right where you are. There are people that have walked away from their dreams because it just got hard right where you are. Let me tell you something. Not being encouraged is the beginning of the end. It begins to open up a door for you to fade away and not finish, not complete what you got in front of you. So the best thing you could do is stay encouraged, even in hopeless situations. This isn't an episode about being naive uh, in a blind encouragement. No, 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 no. This is a very visible, eyes wide open, but in the midst of it all, I'm choosing to stay encouraged. I'm not asking you to close your eyes and ignore your circumstances. I'm asking you to open your eyes and acknowledge your God. Woo! That was good. Come on now. I need some amens out there. Come on, are y'all with me? I'm not asking you to close your eyes and ignore your circumstances. I'm asking you open your eyes and see the bigness of your God. As crazy, as hard, as challenging as this season in is, it is not a surprise to God. It is not too big for God. There are not alarms and bell whistles going off in heaven saying, oh no, oh no, J Judy's in a crisis. Oh no, did anybody not see this? What are we gonna do? No, there's peace in heaven. So if there's peace in heaven, there ought to be peace on earth, peace in your heart, peace in your house, on earth as it is in heaven. I'm on here, this podcast, to give a shout out to you, to encourage you. The best thing you can do today is stay encouraged. The most important fight you can have is the fight to stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. There are three ways that I like to try to stay encouraged. Number one is I've got friends, their job is to keep me encouraged. I mean, my friends, the job is just to be my friends, but I've got my wife, my best friend, Ricky, um, and uh, tons of other folks, but I'm just telling you, first thing you got to do in order to fight to stay encouraged is you got to be willing to confess and be honest about when you're not encouraged. So I've got safe spaces and people I can call when I'm not encouraged and say, yo, bro, it's not a good day. I can come home and I don't feel any pressure to say, oh, today was amazing because I don't want to be honest about what's really going on. No, honey, the day was crappy. You, 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 need, to, you need to sit with a brother, rub my head uh, because it's bowed down. I've got friends, yo. In the book of Hebrews, uh, I think around chapter 10, it talks about building a community around you that will spur you along to goodness. That will, uh, I translate that, that, that'll push you to goodness. That'll push you to encouragement. You need friends and people in your life that'll push you to encouragement. Not these friends when you call them and after you get off the phone with them, they got it's almost like a contest. I had a bad day, it was terrible. My boss was tripping. Well, and then they try to one up you. Well, girl, that ain't nothing. I had a terrible day, my boss died. 
Well, that and you feel like you gotta go back and forth. That no, 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 no. Hang up the phone. Don't call them. Don't text them. Block them. Send them to your other cousin's house so they can discourage them. Listen, don't. You gotta find people who know that as a part of being a part of the community and the fellowship of friendship, their job is to when you're down, to intentionally, strategically invest in you to lift up your head. That's what I. And, and by the way, you gotta be willing to do that for them. Um, and sometimes you're both at the bottom at the same time and you got to take turns encouraging one another. Spur one another along. I, the vision I get, I think visually, visually I think of a mosh pit at like a rock concert. You know those idiots down there in the middle that are just pushing the crap out of each other and it's, the higher the song gets, the louder the rhythm, they're just pushing and pushing and banging into one another and you're just like, who are these people in the mosh pit? Well, they're having the freaking best time of their life. You know why? Because they're being pushed. To the rhythm of something that's great and meaningful that's happening outside of themselves in that moment. If you need someone that can push you to the rhythm of the kingdom of God, and whenever you get out of line, whenever you get out of bounds, whenever you get out of the circle, they'll push you right back to a rhythm that's greater than you, to something that's happening beyond what's happening on the inside of you, something bigger than your circumstance, something bigger than your story. There's a bigger rhythm called the kingdom of God that's beating to righteousness, that's beating to kindness, that's beating to shalom, that's beating to grace, that's beating to redemption. You need to find the bigger rhythm and you need to have friends that'll push you into rhythm, that'll push you into the rhythm of the kingdom that's happening all around you. I know the noise of your life is so loud, but I'm telling you, there's a bigger rhythm. We are part of the rhythm nation. Like I can feel Janet in my spirit right now. She's, I don't know what the rhythm nation is, but I know that the kingdom nation is fueled by the rhythm of God's grace and his hope for your life. Have friends that can push you into the rhythm of God's kingdom. Number two, so, so number one, I got friends that lift up my bow down head and I lift up theirs. Number two, you got to get in the word of God. There is encouragement in his word. Are you discouraged? Read the Bible. I'll never forget, I was in one of the most depressed seasons of my life, I was so discouraged, I was so lonely, and parenthetically, I wasn't doing number one, I wasn't being honest with what was going on with me, with my friends, I was living in isolation, I wasn't practicing community or confession. But even when I wasn't doing that other stuff right, I, I read the Bible, and there's a passage in First Peter that, oh, it, it met, you ever had a passage just the word of God, it just caught me right where I was and just coddled me, held me right there. It met me in this intimate space and it, it just changed me. Listen, 1 Peter 5 and 10 says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Oh, if you're going through a hard time, if you're discouraged, after you have suffered a little while, I'm telling you the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal rhythm nation, I'm sorry, his eternal glory in Christ, he himself, listen to what he's gonna do in your life. Listen, listen to what he promises. He's gonna restore you. He's gonna confirm who you are because your identity is under attack. You're even questioning who you are. He says, I'm gonna confirm who you are, who I've called you to be, and I'm gonna strengthen you. And when, I, and when this is over, 
You're not going to be unstable. I'm going to establish you. You're going to be standing on a firm foundation. Stay encouraged. Allow the word of God to encourage you. Stay encouraged. After you suffer a little while, God himself is going to restore you. Get in the word. Get in community. Get in the word. Third and finally, in the Old Testament, you just see him do this with the children of Israel over and over and over again. And it becomes so redundant, you struggle with wondering why he even calls them to do it. But after miracle after miracle, delivering them from Egypt's hand, the Israelites crossing over the Red Sea, uh, getting into the promised land, he always tells them, don't forget, remember. Remember, if you need to stay encouraged today, if you're discouraged and you're trying to stay encouraged, your number one job is to stay encouraged. One of the best ways to do it is remember God's faithfulness. Remember who he's been. He's not some rookie. You're not, this isn't your first rodeo. You've been through something before. Didn't God do it before? If he did it before, he'll do it again. He tells the children of Israel, remember. Set up Ebenezer, set up spaces, set up stones, set up markers so that you can go back and look and see God's faithfulness in the midst of it all. Um, one of the, I love movies. Um, and I love movies that have epic, unexpected surprise endings. Um, one of those ones that you, you watch it for the first time and you can't tell other people what it was about because it would just ruin it for them. Like, I love, I love unexpected surprise endings. One of the greatest unexpected surprise endings was the movie The Sixth Sense. Um, but unfortunately, someone told me what happens at the end of the movie before I saw the movie. It's one of the worst things ever. You wanna talk about cussing? Uh, parenthetically, I'm gonna talk a lot about cussing in this podcast. It's, I'm showing you my thorn. But you want to talk about being upset, have someone ruin the movie for you. You know what I mean? Because at The Sixth Sense, it was all based off of this little kid. And it was this Dr. Bruce Willis walking with him and the kid would see dead people. And then you get to the end and you realize Bruce Willis was dead throughout the whole movie, but you didn't know it. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Albert, you hypocrite. You just ruined the movie for people that have never seen it. Well, I say to them, that movie came out in the 1990s. If you ain't seen it by now, you wasn't going to see it. So I don't mess up my podcast illustration because you ain't went to the movie. Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. But when you watch the movie for the first time, you don't realize it until the very end. And the little kid has been seeing him dead throughout the whole movie. Well, the first thing you got to do when you realize that ending is you got to go back and you got to watch the movie again. But when you watch the movie again, you're watching it through a different lens. You're watching it through a head. You're watching the movie, the first thing you're thinking, he dead right there. They in the coffee shop. He dead in the coffee shop. Look, they walking down the street. He dead right there. And you just look in the scene after the scene. You're like, look, he dead right there. He was dead the whole time. I didn't even realize it. You have different eyes and you can see it in a different way. I'm telling you, you're going to come out of this season and you're going to look back and you're going to see God was there the whole time. God was there in that season. God was there in the crisis. 
God was right there in the room when I got laid off. God was right there in the room when the doctor told me I had cancer. God, Jesus, you was there the whole time. I couldn't see you in the moment. I didn't realize it then, but as I look back and as I remember, I can see your faithfulness. Imagine him telling this to the children of Israel. You're going to look back at the Red Sea and you're not going to remember crisis. You're going to remember Christ who was faithful. You're not going to remember crisis uh, when you get to the Jordan. You're going to remember a God who was faithful, who was there the whole time. When you're standing in front of Pharaoh, Moses, you're not going to think, oh, man, I was so scared of Pharaoh. I didn't know what was going to happen. You're going to think God was right there the whole time. Remember. Be encouraged today and make it your business to stay encouraged because your success, I'm telling you, the most important thing you can do today, this week, this month, this year, for your workouts, for your health plan, stay encouraged. How do you stay encouraged? Get in community. Get you some good friends. Some of you, your problem is you just have whack friends. I could do a whole episode on whack friends. Some of you just have whack friends. They look to you for encouragement, but when was the last time they actually encouraged you? I'm telling you, if they're true friends, you need to sit down and say, hey, I need y'all to encourage me sometimes. Ask for it if you're not getting it. Or find some friends that will do that for you. You gotta have a community that'll encourage you, that'll push you to the rhythm of the kingdom. Number two, getting God's word. It'll bless you, it'll encourage you. You'll be reminded that your problems are big, but your God is bigger. Get in his word. And number three, remember his faithfulness. Remember his faithfulness through every crisis, through every storm. Remember the last time you went through something hard? You can look back now and you can see he was there the whole time. Danielle Strickland, thank you for encouraging me. And now I'm telling y'all, the most important thing you can do is stay encouraged. Stadia is a church planning organization whose vision is to see a world where every child has a church. Though our vision is God-sized, our mission is simple, to plant churches that intentionally care for children. Called and affirmed leaders who plant with Stadia are demonstrating what it means to plant churches that don't simply survive, but thrive. 90% of U.S. churches planted by Stadia are still engaged in their mission on their fifth birthday. And globally, more than 40,000 children have been sponsored as a result of U.S. churches partnering with our high-impact, like-minded partners. But we won't stop until every child has a church. There are more children needing churches right now than ever before. 8,600 new churches need to be planted every year in the United States alone in order to keep up with population growth. That translates to tens of thousands of churches globally. But we don't need only more churches. We need better churches. In the U.S., 3,700 churches close their doors every single year. And globally, many obstacles get in the way of the long-term success of churches. Stadia is committed to meeting the needs of children around the world by planting more and better churches. In the U.S., we now share our portfolio of services with open-handed generosity. 
providing services with no strings attached to planters, organizations, denominations, and networks so that more churches can be planted than ever before. We pray that our generosity may spur others to invest in church planting, both in the U.S. and around the world. We're honored to be a part of the church planting journey, and we anxiously look forward to seeing how God will work to transform the landscape of communities in the United States and around the globe. And we promise we won't stop until every child has a church. If you want to learn more, go to stadiachurchplanning.org.